Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Making space. Sometime near the end of November or the very beginning of December every year, I hear this call that goes like this. John, I need you. And the voice is coming from our basement from downstairs. I've been through the routine enough times in 43 years that I know what's ahead. Donna needs me to go downstairs and move a bunch of furniture in our family room to make space for the Christmas tree making space. The end of July, our dishwasher pump decided to not shut off. And I got home and was leaving the city in half an hour to go speak at a camp for the week, and our basement was a mess. Uh, full of water. And our upstairs uh, hardwood was, uh, over the next couple of weeks, began to heave and warp. So the cleanup crew took out a bunch of our hardwood, and Thursday, a new supply of hardwood arrived in our house and our kitchen is going to be back in order for Christmas. Thank you, Lord. But in the meantime, our living room looks like a huge disaster because we had to make space for boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of hardwood making space. Christmas, we have to make space for very busy calendars. We've got children's Christmas programs to fit in. We've got staff Christmas parties, church Christmas programs. We've got all kinds of events in December that aren't normally in our calendars, so we have to move things around and make space. Love my wife to death. But she has a theory about closets that I wasn't raised with. My theory on closets, what I was raised to believe about closets, is closets are there for you to put things in. That's what I thought. 
Donna's theory on closets is closets are supposed to be as empty as possible just in case at some point in life you need to put something in there. And so I came home a couple of months ago and all of my shirts, well not all of my shirts, some of my shirts actually disappeared in this exercise. And all of my other shirts were hanging up in the closet on the hanger backwards. And I said, hon, all my shirts are on the hanger backwards. She said, yo, well, that's so I know which ones you wear. When you wear them, you'll probably put the hanger on proper way, and I'll know what you're really wearing. And her theory is that in May or June, she will throw out all the shirts that the hanger is still backwards on, making space for who knows what, but making space. I like those shirts. I suspect sometime the man's ministry of this church is going to throw a 70s party, and I want to be ready for it. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, Don is not always in the bedroom, and I sneak in there, and I take a shirt, and I move it from the back to the front, and I hang it up straight. I hang it up the right way, saving my shirts, <laughs> making space. 400 years called the silent years in church and uh, religious history. It's the 400 years right before the Gospel of Matthew was written. It's 400 years, it's actually a little over 400 years, started in 420 BC, where there's no record of anyone ever getting a vision. There's no record of a prophet speaking and declaring the ways and words and will of God. There's no scripture that ended up in our Bible that was written in those 400 silent years. It was a period of kind of dead, stagnant spiritual air. God had gone silent. And then all of a sudden, on the banks of the Jordan River, there was a man standing there and he was making a declaration. Jesus was living in the Galilean hills and John called the baptizer was preaching in the country of Judea. His message was simple and austere like his heart, like his desert surroundings. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. John and his message were authorized by Isaiah's prophecy. Thunder in the desert, prepare for God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. After over 400 years of silence, something big is about to happen. When something big is about to happen, you have to get ready for it. You have to make space for it. You have to make room for it. And John the Baptist comes in advance and says, prepare 
ye the way of the Lord. Prepare for God's arrival. Not everybody listened to John the Baptist. A lot of the religious people were so steeped in their religion, they kept arguing about it was right. Was it right for this guy named Jesus to be healing people on the Sabbath? They argued about whether it was right for them to wa eat, me eat food without washing their hands first. They argued about all kinds of things. And they were so knee-deep in their religion, they missed Jesus. So deep in their religion, they missed Jesus. My fear is we can be so deep into the Christmas season that somehow we actually miss Jesus <laughs> in Christmas. We need to be making space for Jesus at Christmas. And I just want to give you a few suggestions on, on how to make that happen. And, and the first one is to use the Advent devotional or soap. So Pastor Yasmin spoke a couple of weekends ago, did a great job. And in it, she challenged us to pick up, and we've got more copies at the Information Center today, to pick up a copy of the Making Space devotional, and it's, you know, half a page uh, per day, sometimes a bit more than that. Something you and your family can just be reading together as we make space in our time and in our thinking to prepare for, for Christmas. Every, uh, every month we prepare the SOAP devotional and uh, it's at the Information Center and the SOAP devotional is full of scriptures that prepare you for Christmas uh, this month. Make sure that you're preparing your heart for Christmas. I would suggest as well that you... Uh, make Christmas morning about Jesus. Or maybe Christmas Eve evening is your big Christmas time, but I read about a family that has a unique Christmas tradition. I'm going to see if Donna will uh, adapt this for our home, but I think it should be something we do every day as kind of a spiritual exercise. Um, this family, when everybody wakes up on Christmas morning, on the middle of the kitchen table is a cake. It's a birthday cake, and on it it says, Happy Birthday, Jesus. And there's candles all around it. And they start Christmas morning by the kids gathering around the happy birthday Jesus Christmas cake. What a great way to start a day. I think every devotional exercise in my life should start with a cake. It's a cake there. And they sing happy birthday to Jesus on Christmas morning. And they blow out the candles. The kids are thinking about Jesus at the very start 
of Christmas morning. Make sure you're including Jesus in your Christmas. Make sure that you take time to read the Christmas story to your kids. Our family, for the last number of years, converges on our house about 11 a.m. and we have a brunch together on Christmas and then we go downstairs to spend time around the tree and I spend time because of the age of our grandkids uh, searching the video for the freshest, searching the web for the newest, freshest uh, video that tells the Christmas story and we begin our time with a video of the Christmas story and then we pray to make sure that your Christmas includes Jesus. It's not just and must not be just about presence. It must be about his presence. And thirdly, I would suggest you attend a Christmas Eve service. Our kids watch us, our grandkids watch us. And if we do Christmas just like the world does Christmas, and it's all about the turkey and all about family traditions and all about opening presents. And we don't do things proactively to point them to and remind them of Jesus. We're doing them a disservice. So I invite you, if you're in the city, to join us. If you're not in the city, find a Christmas Eve service to go to in the city you're in. On the way in, you receive some invitations to the Christmas Eve service. Hand them out, and let's fill this sanctuary with people who need to make Jesus a part of their Christmas. But I'm not talking this morning, and I won't talk that much longer, about just making sure that Jesus is a part of your Christmas. I want you to make sure that Christmas is a part of your life. Jesus deserves more. He's a big deal. He deserves more than one day in 365. Jesus deserves your life and your year. So. First thing I would suggest you need to do is invite Jesus to make his home in your heart. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, New Living Translation. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. I'm absolutely confident that everyone here, at least once in their life, at some point, has heard 
Jesus knocking at your heart. Jesus desperately wants to be invited into your life, into your heart. And yet I fear that sometimes we treat him like that mid-evening salesman who knocks on the door at our home and we do our best to ignore him because we think he or she is a pest and we just don't want to have to deal with him. So we don't say, come in <laughs> to the salesman. And Jesus knocks at the door of the hearts of our life and he really wants to come in. Open your heart to him. Secondly, don't get so knee deep in life that you miss God in your days. So I'm working away on this message and and my uh, laptop goes bleep or something like that, which indicates an email has come in. Usually I ignore them, but for some reason I went and looked at this one. I'm preparing this message. And somebody from the church in the middle of my preparation sends me this message. Takes real planning to organize this kind of chaos. Quote from Mal Odom. And sometimes our lives get so chaotic. We know what we, where we need to be at 7.30 and 8.30 and what's scheduled for 9.45 and we know who we're meeting at 11 and we got these six things we got to get done between 12 and 2 because 2 o'clock we got such and such a happening and our life is like that. And man, if you get off track for 15 minutes, your whole day is messed up. Takes a lot of planning to live in that kind of chaos. We get so knee-deep in all kinds of things in life that we miss the opportunity to live a life that's in deep relationship with him. Psalm, and don't bring up the next slide yet, I want to quote it in King James Version before I read it in the message. King James Version says this, Be still and know that I am God. I like what Eugene Peterson did with it in the message. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. And the traffic is bustling and going here and going there. And sometimes we just caught in it. And we're always going. We're always moving. We're always trying to get things done. We've always got somewhere we got to be. And in all of that... Somehow Jesus doesn't have any space. Making space. I'm so thrilled that God has allowed me and given me the opportunity to be back here full time. The thing that thrills me maybe the most about it is 
a renewed capacity to make space for Jesus. Now, I haven't been ignoring him for the last decade. But the space that my heart craves hasn't always been there. And every day in my calendar, from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., that's Jesus' time. And I don't take appointments from 7-11 unless somebody's in a really, really difficult situation. It's called making space. Now, most of you don't get paid to make space. I get that. But all of us need to figure out how to make sure we're not missing God in our days. For me, Jesus is in my calendar. Jesus is in my calendar. Just like other less important stuff is. He deserves space. Thirdly and lastly, let God slow you down. Sometimes life is so hectic and exhausting and we get worn out um, I would suggest to you if you're living in a constant state of weariness and exhaustion that you've taken on some tasks and responsibilities in your life that God never expected you to have to carry because this is God's heart for us, is revealed in Psalm 23. God lets us rest in green meadows. He leads me to peaceful streams. God wants us to discover the great joy of peaceful places. The ability to rest down, rest in green meadows. I don't use poetry much in my sermons. There's a reason for that. If I'm going to share poetry with you, I have to read poetry. I'll leave it at that. But I accidentally this week stumbled on a poem and I want to end with it. Reading to you a poem from Anne Voskamp. This is my prayer for you. I don't want a Christmas you can buy. I don't want a Christmas you can make. What I want is a Christmas you can hold. A Christmas that holds you, remakes you, revives you. I want a Christmas that whispers Jesus. Let's not get so knee deep in Christmas and let's not get so knee deep in life that we're missing Jesus. Let's make space.
We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.